0: Hi, there, my friends, and welcome to the 375th episode of this here Forte Catholic Podcast. We're happy that you're here today. We're happy that you've been here with us, whether you've been listening for two weeks or 375. We are so thankful that you are here. Chris Bartlett is my co-host today. We talk about the retreat that we worked together and uh, share some of the stories from that. We also uh, play a game that we've only played one other time. We played with Father Anthony called Read My Lips. We do Read My Lips Super Bowl edition with uh, some connections with the Super Bowl and our faith. Ooh, they're fancy. We also talk about uh, the very popular Monsignor Shea talk from the Focus Conference last month. And uh, we kind of do a deep dive into it. Chris shares what he really loves about it, why he thinks it works. And I am challenged quite a bit by the talk because I'm not exactly sure why it worked as well as it did. So I hope that you enjoy today's conversation. If you do, please hit subscribe wherever you are watching or listening. Enjoy. Hello there. And welcome back to Fort the Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll. That is Christopher Leandro Bartlett. Hello, Christopher.
1: Hello, Taylor. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. Welcome back to the show. You've been a, a, a co-host, what, three, four times now, if we count the retreat?
1: If we count the retreat, yes.
0: Okay. All right. Very good. So, as I mentioned on last week's episode, you were a big part of last week's episode.
1: Not to Catherine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, one, of, one of our favorite reels, one of my favorite moments ever. Uh, as we're recording this, you haven't seen the reel yet. Sarah did some great work with making Catherine look like she doesn't know what she was doing. It's just beautiful. Just beautiful, beautiful work that you'll have all seen by the time this releases. Can't wait. Oh, so good. So, uh, you know, long story short, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, the quick recap is Chris and I uh, worked a retreat together. Uh, Chris... Invited me to come be like his, you know, second command and uh, do do the music for the retreat, and we tag team the retreat, and it was very fun. Uh, and God's providence was all over the weekend, but part of God's providence meant. That you got screwed out of recording a live podcast with me because that was the yeah. plan. You were a big part of last week's show because you were supposed to be last week's show. Exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Instead, your blisters got to be last week's show.
0: Exactly, man. Uh, exactly. I played so much guitar that weekend. I one of them on the what do you call it? The ring finger. I'm not going to sh- show my fingers just in case I do it wrong. Oh, uh, but on my ring finger, I still have a little, uh, a little, a little blister, a little cal- uh, callus slash blister on my finger from yes. all the worshiping of the Lord that we did together. <laughs> So. I mentioned it last week that I'm very thankful that, uh, that you invited me to do this retreat, but I do have to call you out publicly for lying to me because uh, you, you lied to me twice about inviting me to this retreat. One, you invited me two days after I told you that money was kind of tight. And then you told me that the reason you invited me was not because I needed the money, which is just BS because you've never invited me to re- lead a retreat until I said, hey, I kind of need some money. Uh, and then you went down your list because even when I called you out about your list of who you call to come help you with retreats, you were like, "You're my second call," and I'm like, "I'm clearly not." You do events all the time with two other musicians here in the diocese. I clearly wasn't your second call. On the confirmation retreat side,
1: on the confirmation retreat side, you are number two on the list.
0: Okay, so here's what I want to do. I know both of these guys very well. One of them's a very dear friend. The other one, you know, is more of an, of an acquaintance. But uh, I feel like if we live closer, we'd be better friends. But rank the three of us. In terms of uh, uh, musical skill, fun with working together, and uh, uh, how much you think we'll say yes or no the next time you invite after you answer those first two questions.
1: So is it three separate questions or all together? I rank them based on <laughs> all, that.
0: All together. <laughs>
1: okay. So you would still be number two.
0: I don't think so because uh, you've worked quite a bit with these other two people and once with me.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. Um Taylor, uh, we had great dynamics. Um, I called you. We. I rarely receive feedback as quickly as I got from that retreat, and so a couple of participants from a couple different parishes uh, reached out to the retreat center, and they passed those emails along to me. This is like Monday morning, so that meant they got home from the retreat and said, "Let's send an email t- telling them how what a great job they did." Um, and then I had two other people reach out to me via. Me personally, because they know my information and things like that, to tell me that I did, a, I did a great job, not me, that we did a great job. I did a great job in choosing <laughs> you, you as number two. Yeah, yeah you sure yeah. did. You sure yeah, did. yeah. So the so. dynamic duo that we have, Taylor, is indeed that dynamic. Let's keep it going.
0: Okay, so here, here's where I'm at with my, my pride levels. I think I'm a better speaker than those two. I think they're way better guitarists than me. Both of them are. Way better at playing guitar than me,
1: but your think, vocals are number one. Your vocals think, are top notch.
0: I think vocally it's it's pretty tied at 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 one and two for me. I think I'm I'm one and two. Uh, so my my thing is, uh, you know, I really enjoyed doing this with you. I want to know: Did I move up or down? Because you keep saying I'm second. I was clearly third, clearly third before this weekend. So, uh, have have I moved up? You you also said that you, know, you you do parish missions. You do all this stuff. Essentially, like I don't get feedback all that often. Like you said, you got some emails. Like I don't get feedback about the events that I do. Sure. So, did I move? Up in your list, or did I move to fourth or fifth after this weekend?
1: Your power ranking definitely increased, yeah, <laughs> after that weekend. And and part of it is it's not just about what you do as an individual, but how we interact together. And uh, and we really did have a good dynamic where we complimented each other. We don't want the same person up there, and you and I are not the same person. Clearly, our presentation styles and things like that. They complimented each other. It was a good thing, Taylor. You did good.
0: You did good too. And uh you even called me to compliment me, and I was like, look, man. I don't really care about your vain compliments, your empty compliments, unless I get called second next time.
1: (laughs) You got called first this time.
0: Uh, That's BS.
1: (laughs) Well, hold on. It's because because (laughs) the other number one who was a given, the number one who was a given canceled. (laughs) He was not able to. He coaches. And so then you got the next call. You were next in line.
0: Yes. Clearly not first. Well, didn't, I called did. someone else and they were unavailable, so I called
1: Taylor. I already tried to get you the gig in Corpus, but you were busy coaching track. Exactly. That one's coming up. Remember?
0: Yeah, I, I do remember. Yeah, I'm, I'm busy. <laughs> Call somebody I, else. Call the fourth I, person on your I, list. I
1: under the, the fourth, the third, whatever. Leave me alone, Taylor.
0: All right. Well, uh, I, I think what of... she meant to
1: say was thank you. And my response to that is, you're welcome.
0: Uh, no, I'm still mad at you for lying. I just don't understand why you're blatantly lying. I'm so I'm thankful like you invited me. I had such a great time, but you continue to lie and it's making me
1: angry. You're number two on the confirmation retreat side of things. Parish mission side, you might be number three. I'm, why? I'm, why? Yeah.
0: What is it about me that makes me so bad at parish missions, Chris? I've led them by myself. I don't even need you.
1: No, no, no. <laughs> it's that I've developed Parish Missions with these other two people, and so it's easier just to lather, rinse, repeat, and kind of polish as opposed to recreate. That's you it.
0: built this confirmation retreat with one of those other people, and I stepped in, and you said that I was the best at it. So why wouldn't you think that I'd do the same thing at Parish Missions?
1: That's a fair point. And, uh, because <laughs> I thought
0: they, this through, Christopher. I got they,
1: prepared. They don't <laughs> yell at me like you do. They love me. No, they tolerate you.
0: That's, that's <laughs> this much is better real than you love. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I feel like I often get punished by God's providence. And since this weekend, you know, this past weekend, we were supposed to record an episode together, but because of God's providence, I made more money than you and got to go lead worship for a second retreat. So, uh, but I didn't want you to be punished by that by not being able to come on this show and be berated by me. So you're welcome for uh, me not letting God punish you with providence. Yes. Thank you, Taylor. (laughs) All right. Well, One of the one of my favorite parts of the retreat, I'll be I'll be kinder now. One of my favorite parts of the retreat was and the thing that I was really looking forward to is like, look, man, I've done a thousand retreats like I I I can do retreats and I can look forward to them. But the thing that I was most looking forward to was spending time with you because like we're it was a it was a two day retreat. I went out there the night before just because the retreat started early Saturday morning. I live further away than you do. But I knew that like Friday night. I'm sorry. Saturday night and all like throughout the day Sunday uh and throughout the day Saturday we'd be able to spend some time together and you're one of my closest friends but we don't spend a ton of time together because you know we have busy lives whatever. But right. I I I was very much looking forward to one recording a show with you. We didn't do that, but we still did do the other part. That I was looking forward to. It's just like we just sat you know, we're we're in this, this nice house I mentioned last week, and then uh, I came back from leading worship for the 11th hour that day, and uh, I, I came back, and, like, we just sat there and talked, and it was like we talked about stuff that, like, we wouldn't talk about here on the show. We talked about stuff that we – like, I, I had some things to get off my chest. You had some things to get off your chest, and we did that, and it was this healthy thing. And it, it, the irony is, like, this past week I saw two videos, one on SNL and one uh, somewhere else. And whether I agree with them or not, they were essentially saying that, like, this this is the most – depressed middle-aged uh like young adult to middle-aged men have ever been in history and one of the, one of the um suggestions for why that is is because like men aren't talking to each other as much like right. i have people in my life that i trust a ton but there's just something about like guy to guy somebody that you knows that, that, that you can trust and is going to give you some good feedback and like i was able to do that with you and like this is stuff that i haven't talked about with another like I talked about almost all that stuff with my wife, right? But it's just different than, than, like, you know, guy to guy, girl to girl, that sort of thing. So right, that's the part that I was really looking forward to, and I really appreciate it. And, like, I genuinely feel better about a lot of the situations that we talked about because I was finally able to talk to somebody about it. So thank you.
1: Now I'm being nice. Well, you're welcome. And <laughs> right back at you. Yeah, it's amazing to be able to just have these touch points. Really, we see each other maybe maybe three times a year.
0: How often do you see those other two musicians per year?
1: Stop it. Uh, But (laughs) but during those three times, we're able to go deep like we were neighbors instead of just kind of, oh, let's try catching back up. And then we got to part ways again. Like we were able to have real conversation real quick. And uh, I appreciate that as well. So thank you, Taylor. Yeah, very good.
0: Okay, enough, enough uh, sappiness and enough about the retreat and uh, not enough of me yelling at you. That's the next hour. So you did come prepared with actually two topics. So the plan for the day. So we're going to talk about your first subject here in a second. Then we're going to play a Super Bowl-themed game. It's a game that we've played here on the show before, but Super Bowl edition. And then we're going to talk about a talk given by Monsignor Shea that probably everybody has heard about right now. Uh, I just heard it recently because I just found out it was free and didn't have to pay for it because of you. So thank you. So that's our plan for the day. But uh, you have a, a brand new segment that you'd like to run by me, and I'm going to see how, how well this goes.
1: <laughs> Good. Yeah. So this one's called Wholesome Media. Listen, I have a, a, a team that I minister to. Uh, years ago, like we're talking, like 15, 20 years ago, who went on uh, and had a had a great voice, like you 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 know those worship experiences where you're leading worship and there's someone else that's singing and the song sounds better because they're singing along.
0: Yeah, I didn't have that this past weekend because all I could hear was you.
1: Yeah, my my voice is <laughs> not there, but but this this girl's voice was one of those. Like I cannot hear the song Sanctuary without hearing her harmonize. Or wishing that I was hearing her harmonize. So she went on uh, and pursued theater and some of the different things in regards to performance and uh, ended up marrying someone who is in the biz, uh, show business or whatever. And they're an editor for a show called Welcome to Wrexham. Now, have you ever heard of this show?
0: I have. Uh, One of the girls that I coached, she just graduated last year, but one of the girls that I coached in track, we bonded a lot over Ted Lasso. And Ted Lasso ended like right around when track season was ending. And her and her family, big soccer fans, like this was a big touch, like a a big touch point for us because like this is I'm not a big soccer fan. So I was I was super into Ted Lasso. So like I got to talk to this soccer girl about soccer for the first time. So her whole her and her whole family have tried to get me to watch it. I, I haven't watched it yet. But it's on my list. I love the two like main actors that are you know that buy the team all this kind of stuff. But anyway, yes, please.
1: Yeah. Stream. So uh, it, it follows the purchase of a lower level soccer team and their uh, struggles and journey to try and get them promoted. But uh, so I'm, I'm I seeing know her social the struggles media.
0: of being promoted from the from the minor leagues trying to get up onto the top of somebody's list. I understand this very much.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you're still you're still in 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 the work, which is what makes this entertaining. But. Um, I, I see her Facebook post, and it's her and her husband at the Emmys, and he's holding a bunch of Emmys. And so, welcome to Rexham, won like five Emmys, and uh, and I'm seeing, I'm so proud of my husband. He was on the editorial team for this amazing show, and like it, it just was amazing. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll check it out. Now, my my wife goes to bed about an hour and a half before I ever go to bed, so that gives me a little bit of time to catch up on shows like this. It's M rated, just to be clear, but it's extremely wholesome. It's M rated because just the like F word. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's, it's got the F word in it, probably about uh, twenty-five times per episode, or something like that. But other than that, like the content itself, like they did an episode on fans and uh, and players that have children. Oh, that's a, that, There's that F word. <laughs> yes, fans and players that have children <laughs> with autism. Like it was really meaningful, and they draw you into the story of this small working class town, and it's just wholesome, super wholesome. And I think that you would love it. But I got introduced to it off of a social media post from a former teen of mine who married the guy who got helped get them the Emmys, which was uh, which was neat. So I highly recommend. People who
0: know you know that you're a youth ministry person. This isn't a former child that you've disbanded. This is one of your former teens in your youth program.
1: This is one of yeah (laughs) the youth ministry (laughs) uh, years ago. (laughs) I mean she's she's probably 33 now, 34 now. So it's been super old. Like it makes me feel super old.
0: You you have former teens that are my age. you're so old
1: <laughs> nice i could have been your youth minister oh and then, I, w-
0: I wouldn't be here if you were my youth minister.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you would have been number one on my list had you been, had i been your youth minister because that mind, is 100 true
0: you're very one of the three
1: i was their youth minister so just uh let that sink in taylor um where good good so any, anyway so wholesome media i'm bringing that show to the table what in your opinion you mentioned ted lasso is the most wholesome show that you've been able to see this is a wholesome show that I can't show my kids, which is so weird to say, but it is. What's a wholesome show that that, that feels edifying? You mentioned Ted Lasso. Are there any others that fall yeah. on this?
0: So let me, let me tell you, I, what's, what's funny is I've been wanting to talk about this and I didn't have an angle. Like I didn't know how to get into it without just being like super random, which like, I mean, that's usually what the show is anyway. What's on my mind? Let's talk about it. But I, right. I hadn't fleshed it out yet. So this is perfect. It's another wholesome show that I can't watch with my kids around, but I would feel comfortable watching with any adult. Like, there's some shows that are, like, mature, mature that I wouldn't feel comfortable watching, like, with parents in the room or with, you know, uh, like, like if you were here, I'd be like, uh, uh, you on know, you is fine. Like, whatever. But, like, you know, some people I wouldn't watch with. Like, I wouldn't watch like with like, my Like, humans you whole- care
1: about, but not me.
0: I got uh, you. I-, I wouldn't watch it with my holy friends. I'd watch it with you. That sort of thing. Fair right? enough. So, there's one like that right now that I'm watching and it's it's going to sound strange, but did you ever watch Everybody Loves Raymond? Yes, sure. So I remember watching it as a kid. This is like, you know, the, the 2000s, you know, the, the the aughts, the zeros, right? I uh, You know, so like I, I was a junior high, teenager, you know, high school when the show was on. So I remember like my dad watching it, but I never like watched the seasons. I'd watch an episode here or there if it was on with him or whatever, but I never really dove into it. And then Like, recently, like, my my dad was actually over, and we pulled it up on Peacock, like, NBC's streaming channel, and I started watching it, and, dude, I fell in love with it because, it's funny, we mentioned age. Like, Ray Romano's character in the show is exactly my age, and his personality and my personality are very similar. Uh, His wife in that show, Patricia Heaton, who's a Catholic, is my wife. The parents are are my parents. Like the, uh, they have three kids. I have three kids. He has a job that it was pre-internet uh, because, it, you know, not pre-internet, but pre like uh, internet jobs. But he's yeah. a sports writer. So a lot of the similar things that he's doing are the similar things that I'm doing for work. Like it's ridiculous, man. I can't tell you how often, like I watch an episode where Ray and his wife are arguing about something and then my wife and I will argue about that later that evening. I will be talking about something and somebody after church, this happened this past Sunday. Somebody after church will bring up a topic. I'm like, I just watched the Everybody Loves Raymond episode. He's like, from 2004? I'm like, yes, keep up, you know? Like, it's it's ridiculous how this show, one, connects to my life, but also has been like premonition for stuff that's about to happen in my life. It's unbelievable. And it's incredibly wholesome. But they do talk about adult topics. They're talking about, you know... The, the S-E-X word. They're talking about, you know, being a parent. They're talking about being frustrated in marriage. They're talking about being frustrated at work. They're talking about being frustrated with, like, family dynamics. Like, it's the life of a 34-year-old who's married with three kids. Like, it's yeah. literally my life, and it's so wholesome, but I can't watch it with my kids around because they're talking about you know, a fourth baby. <laughs> so. Right, right, right.
1: Yeah. Did you know that the the grandpa, the dad, uh, Raymond's dad, or is it his in-laws? Who's the ones that live next door? That's right, Raymond's parents, uh, right? Yeah,
0: it's, it's his parents.
1: Yeah, right across so the street. His dad, the actor, got into uh, acting after he left seminary. No way. Yeah. So there's a lot of little Catholic uh, connections to that show, which which yeah. I think helps it be wholesome. Yeah.
0: They're an Italian Catholic family, like not super practicing, but they're like. You know, kind of the historical Italian American Catholic, you know, like uh, Father Anthony's family, that sort of thing. <laughs>
1: they, they didn't become the Mario brothers, so they went right. kind of the more Catholic right. side of things. Exactly. Right. Got it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's just very funny. But anyway, I, I talked a lot. You probably just wanted me to name something, but I talked quite a bit about it because you gave me the platform on my own platform.
1: <laughs> so, so yeah. So so now, now there's this wholesome media push that exists, and some of it has been good and some of it not so good. So. Chris Bartlett is not a fan of God is not dead. That movie series.
0: Oh yeah. It's very stupid.
1: I I feel like that's one of those things to where it's like, we're pushing it because it's wholesome,
0: which is funny because you look and sound like you could be the lead actor of that movie. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Very,
1: very much so. Um, And so then there's this other side of things like the, the shows we just mentioned that have great content and it comes across delivering a message about humanity. That's very beautiful and very, you know, good in that sense. And there's some movies that kind of fall in between, you know what I mean, uh, that, that, that fall into those categories. But there's a movie coming out called Wildcat. And this is the what would Taylor do section of our uh, this this bit or whatever. Um, and it's it's Ethan Hawke. He, he made the movie. Yeah, he's a you know who he is.
0: Yeah, he, he was in um, uh, Moon Knight. He was the bad guy in Moon Knight, which is like a Marvel show that I think is super underrated. But he was incredible as the bad guy in that in that movie.
1: So, I have the chance next week to meet Ethan Hawke, screen the movie Wildcat, and do some Q&A with him and the lead actor. Which seems pretty cool, but it's at the end of a conference where I'll be away from my family and it means that I have to stay later into the evening, which means I, I won't get I don't
0: it. care. It's Ethan Hawke. You're staying.
1: <laughs> so, that so Taylor, you would go to it.
0: What? Yes, honey, I'm going to meet and Talk with Ethan Hawke. You know that guy that you've had a crush on for 25 years? Yeah, I'm going to go talk to him. Figure it out.
1: <laughs> I feel like Ethan Hawke, in my mind, because I'm not as connected to this actor, I feel like he's like a, a Kevin Bacon Jr. or something like that. Like, I just, I don't know him well enough, and I haven't seen him. I've seen him in some movies and things like that, but I'm not starstruck. If uh, no, If it was like.
0: He's one of the best of his generation. If He's it was so like Leonardo looking.
1: DiCaprio or like, uh, I don't know, uh, Ben Stiller or something like that, I'd be like, hey, I, I know these people. Let, let, let's let see them. But oh, he, I'm not. Lives, I'm,
0: this is in Austin. He lives in Austin. I didn't know that.
1: He lives. Well, you should just come on up and go hang out with him.
0: I would love to. I will tell my family I'm not going to be there Sunday evening either. <laughs>
1: Dude, you could <laughs> drive up to Dallas and I could give you my pass to be able to go see this. Did but, you never uh, see
0: Training Day?
1: I saw Training Day. Sure. I, Isn't Denzel Washington in that yeah, one? Yeah. He's like the crooked
0: cop. And Ethan Hawke's the white guy.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> like incredible movie. Yeah,
0: man. I, I love this guy.
1: So this this Wildcat is one of those wholesome type of media movies that they're trying to push out to uh, kind of diff- different groups that interact with families and youth and different things like that. And so um, they're going to have a Q&A afterwards. But that's the only compelling piece is I'm like, it'd be cool to meet Ethan Hawk. It wouldn't be cool to get home at one in the morning. After not seeing my family for uh, for four days, so that that's I am actually leaning towards the just kind of head home before um, before dinner. And uh, I will drive up, up to, to Dallas. You
0: can hand me your pass. I'll be Chris Bartlett for the evening
1: okay that then then it's a deal we'll make it happen
0: i'll I'll need to wear a nerdy shirt and wear those stupid glasses and i'll I'll, I'll talk a little niggas and i'll be chris (laughs) martlett
1: okay listen up mr junior high i've been through it man you can't hurt me thank you very much oh
0: i think i can i think we've proven over the many years of my friendship that i can hurt you
1: (laughs) i'm sorry uh number three what number three (laughs) that's all i got man that was it taylor would go chris would not
0: the, 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 yeah, absolutely. I thought you were going to ask me something about uh, media. You asked me about marriage advice.
1: <laughs> right now? Yeah, <laughs> well, I that guess was, that's fair. Yeah, what family, would Taylor yeah. do? Like, you wouldn't want to go back and see your family. Like, there is an element. Okay, what, what actor? What actor would you be like? Meh, I wouldn't go. Like, nah, I wouldn't stick around for that. Uh, almost none. So Hollywood, if they've been on the silver screen, you're like, I'm on board with shaking their hand.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a few more hours. Uh, if I get a chance to talk to somebody famous, I'm doing it. I mean, I mean, sh- sure. I mean, I met what's his name. <laughs> I met a famous person the other day, and I didn't talk to them, so I'm I'm, I'm lying. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, fair enough. Okay. It, but it was in an airport, and they had their earbuds in. I was trying to be nice. Uh, but if it's that, like, hey, come and ask me questions, I'm gonna come ask them questions, Chris.
1: <laughs> what if you hate the movie?
0: Uh uh, I've worked in Catholic media long enough that I have had many conversations with people who create content. I despise. I can do it.
1: You can, you can swing it to where you're like, Hey, this aspect looked really cool. What led up to that scene or the filming of that one minute that I actually enjoyed of the last 120.
0: Sure. I, I am very good at telling little truths while hiding big truths. <laughs> <laughs> good.
1: And I'm more straightforward, Taylor.
0: Uh, yeah, that's that's the issue. You're yep. not straightforward. The whole segment was about you lying to me. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We're going to play number a game. Number two. You're number two. <laughs> If you enjoy the show and are looking to be generous, we could use your support. Forte Catholic is a production of our nonprofit called Forte Catholic, Catholic nonprofit where we are trying to serve people with the best of Catholic media and events as well. If you want to support us, you can do so at fortecatholic.com/slash/donate. You can give a one-time gift or set up a monthly donation. It all really helps us, helps us support the two of us working here, and also helps us to create more and more great work, great. Podcasts, great videos, all for you guys to enjoy and hopefully grow in your faith as well. Again, that's ForteCatholic.com slash donate. Thanks. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll. That is still Christopher Bartlett. And we are going to play a game that we've only played on this show one time. And honestly, I thought this the game was going to flop. Uh, in, even after we recorded it, I thought the game was going to flop. Because it's very much a, uh, a a difficult thing, I think, for listeners to play along with. And, but also uh, I'm wrong because we played this one time with Father Anthony Strappa and people loved it. Uh, talking about n- not getting feedback very often, people never tell me anything about the show. A thousand people listen every single week and er- everybody's just like, yeah, I'm just going to go about my business and never tell Taylor anything. I'm like, "Where could you imagine walking into a room of a thousand people and just being like, hey, how are you? And they all just stare at you and don't say anything. It's so weird. It's so very strange, this podcasting thing. But... We got the feedback, you know, of those thousand people. Twenty-eight out of the room were like, "Hey, play that stupid game again." That probably doesn't make sense for a podcast. <laughs> Maybe this is the excuse for people to go watch on YouTube. I don't know. So, we're gonna play a game called what? What did I call this?
1: Read my lips.
0: Read my lips, and we're gonna do the Super Bowl edition. But this is a Catholic show, so what we're going to do is, you know, the, the Super Bowl is coming up this this coming weekend. And we want so we wanted to do something Super Bowl themed. And this is what we decided upon. We're going to do read my lips Super Bowl edition where Chris and I are going to take turns where we completely mute our headphones. So you'll be able to hear us. Uh, the other host will be able to hear us. But the person listening won't be able to hear the other host. Is that clear as mud?
1: yeah the the good news is is you've been a jerk to me in that first segment and i get to mute you so i'm looking forward to this show because i get to mute you let's play this game
0: very good you do realize i listen to this before it publishes yeah
1: (laughs) oh yeah for sure (laughs)
0: okay okay. all right so uh what we're going to do is we're going to read phrases to each other that you as the listeners will hear but the other host will not hear and they have to read my lips so i am currently talking above my microphone right now so that chris can read my lips if you're watching on youtube if you'd like to mute for five to 10 seconds, you are welcome to, uh, to try to play along. But if not, uh, you'll figure it out. I think the fun will be in us getting things very wrong. But here's the other thing. Uh, one of my favorite things to do is to try to make anything Catholic. Try to make anything Catholic. So uh, every word that I have selected, I don't know, uh, Chris seemed very confused by this game, but I, I have, all of my words are secular words, but I have a Catholic connection to all of them. Okay. So... Chris, just as an example, uh, I would like for you to go first, as in I'm going to read you a word. You're going to mute me in your headphones.
1: Yeah, I'll be the guesser.
0: Yeah, you're going to be the guesser, just so I can give an example of how I'm connecting this stuff to Catholicism. Okay. Uh, Does everything make sense to you, Chris?
1: Yes. I will mute in three, two, one.
0: All right. Patrick Mahomes.
1: Patrick Mahomes?
0: Yeah. Yes, all right. All right. <laughs> you did it. The superstar quarterback from the Kansas City Chiefs uh who's looking to get what his second or third super third Super Bowl win uh, you know, the, the reigning dynasty currently. And, uh, you know, St. Patrick, who he's, you know, is his namesake. Uh, I just spent some time in Ireland, and I we talked about St. Patrick and the snakes, but today I'm going to talk about St. Patrick and the shamrock. The legend is he used the shamrock to try to explain the Trinity. It might have been a heresy, but we're just going to ignore that part. But uh, the shamrock is also a symbol for luck, and Patrick is going to need all the luck that he can get with that receiving core because their hands are made out of stone. So that's, that's our Catholic connection. Makes sense?
1: That does. All right. Let's rock and okay. roll.
0: You did very good. This is the first time I, I've ever, uh, last time I just had like my, uh, like my big over-the-ear headphones for this. This time I'm wearing my AirPods. I've never re- once recorded with my keyboard in my hand, so that I can currently mute you in three, two, one, go.
1: Vince Lombardi trophy.
0: Fix the pocket quarterback.
1: Vince Lombardi trophy.
0: Vince Lombardi trophy. Yes, that's it. Come on back, dude. (laughs) I got it. But like 100%... the first time you definitely said "fix the pocket quarterback," and I'm like, I agree. We got to fix that. Guy.
1: We got to do it. We got to do it. So it's named after the uh, the NFL coach Vince Lombardi, uh, who led the Green Bay Packers back in the early years of the NFL and different things like that. And uh, the guy is a legend. He set things forth to be able to help the NFL become what it became. And naming things after famous people, inspirational people, is what the Catholic Church does. Everyone who goes to a parish, that parish is named after someone or something. And so that namesake thing to honor, we came up with that first. Like The the, the NFL is just following the Catholic Church's lead on that one. And I just want to say, well done, Catholic Church.
0: Well done. Very well done. Uh, One uh, random trivia thing that I've... Like, it's always been kind of funny, but especially because the Chiefs have been in the AFC Championship every year for the last six years. Like, Patrick's never not been in the AFC Championship. Right. Well, a few years ago, they just renamed the AFC Championship Trophy and the NFC Championship Trophy kind of like they did with the Lombardi. They never really had names. They were just called the AFC Championship Trophy. Now, it's I think it's Lamar Hunt. I know it's Hunt. Uh, Lamar, I think it's Lamar Hunt or L- something like that. Uh, but it's the Hunt Trophy, which is the Chiefs' old owner. So it would have been very funny if a couple weekends ago the Ravens beat the Chiefs and got the trophy named after the Chiefs owner. That would just be so Brutal. Be. <laughs> Brutal. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and ask you to mute, and I'm going to uh, give you your next word.
1: I am now muted.
0: Any given Sunday. Any given Sunday.
1: I need, I need a Vincent.
0: Any given sunday
1: apples say it say it again one more time
0: any given sunday
1: i think i'm wearing satin
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay come on back
1: (laughs) okay now say it again
0: Any given Sunday.
1: Any given Sunday. That's impossible, man. Okay, brutal. Go.
0: There's a a, a much... To be fair, it's more difficult than Patrick Mahomes, right? Any given Sunday. It's a lesser known football term, but did you ever watch the movie, Any Given Sunday?
1: No. Well, yes, I did. I think I watched it, yeah. It came out back when I was in... High school,
0: late late nineties, great great football movie. Um, But the term, it's not just a movie from the nineties. That would be unfair. It's a term used in football because, like in college, typically you know Alabama is going to beat like you know uh, so and so technical school. You know, like you kind of know who's going to win, or you know if if they want to be a huge upset. But in the NFL. A team that's twelve and zero versus a team that's zero and twelve. The zero and twelve team has a chance to win because they're all professional football players on the other side, and that's it's essentially a coaching thing of like what you would tell both a twelve and zero team and an zero and twelve team. Any given Sunday, the zero and twelve team can win. Like uh-huh. to the twelve and zero team, we have if to play our game. best To the zero and twelve team, if we we can even beat the Chiefs, if if. Um, we play our best. So um, any given Sunday, you as a Catholic should have your butt in a pew. That's our connection. <laughs> <laughs>
1: wonderful. Wonderful. All right. I think this one might be my hardest, my most difficult one. Okay. So I'm going to mute. Right. Just there. be ready. 331 million.
0: You just cursed on my podcast. <laughs> Say it again.
1: 331 million.
0: You got a hole in one period. One more time
1: three hundred and thirty one million
0: there are three quarters in a three-fourths of a football game I'm coming back yeah all right yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) say it again (laughs)
1: three hundred and thirty one million what (laughs) that's uh that's how much money Taylor Swift has brought to the NFL oh, just yeah. by showing up at these games and things like that, like her brand equity that she has brought has led to increased sales, revenue, and publicity to the tune of $331 million. just by showing up, just by showing up, her presence at this event. And I want to challenge every Catholic out there that your presence at your parish adds value.
0: It's not even if you're that much.
1: <laughs> not, not that much value, probably not that much value. I mean, not at least on this side of heaven, but I, I do want to acknowledge, acknowledge, like showing up is valuable. And you mentioned any given Sunday, I want to kind of tag team on that Just be like, even if you're in a place where you've got a bunch of little kids that you're wrangling or different things like that. And you're like, I can't volunteer. I can't lecture, I can't do this. Cause they're asking for their sippy cup or Cheerios during the liturgy. And it's just not possible. Um, or even beyond with family life and things like that show up, show up and it adds value you were adding value to your parish just by showing up and uh and keep going
0: so your word was 331 million but it took you two sentences to com- to communicate that you were talking for a long time when i was muted
1: 331 million
0: i'm gonna go back and listen to this i feel like you said three sentences every time you were repeating yourself <laughs>
1: okay well good i'm I ready for like yours you
0: like i feel like you were like Hey, guys, Taylor is muted and can't hear me. Doesn't he suck? And then I unmuted. You were like, 331 million. Like, super fast. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) All right. Here we go. Wait. uh, You're muting, and I'm doing my word. Here we go. Correct. Interception. Interception.
1: It's Chappachu.
0: Interception.
1: Uh, Reverse... Statue of Liberty.
0: Interception. Interception. Oh, halftime
1: show. Oh, uh, reception. Hail Mary pass. Uh,
0: re- reception was very close. Reception was very close. What's the opposite of a, Of a reception? Interception? Yes, interception. Yes, very, yes. very good. So you were very close. Um my Catholic connection is that our prayers are interse- intercepted by the Holy Spirit and made pristine to give to the Father. So we don't have to worry about what we, what we say or having fancy words. The Holy Spirit perfects our prayers and brings them to the Father. The Holy Spirit is the greatest offensive back of all time.
1: <laughs> I love it. All right, are you right, ready?
0: Gonna, I am, I can no longer hear you now. Yeah. Cat? <laughs> yeah. Catch? kick yeah yeah dance yeah Uh, i can't say what i think you just said (laughs) i'm coming back
1: all right come on back
0: all right what is it
1: yeah oh
0: from the usher halftime show very good
1: there we go yeah so usher will be there at halftime one of his biggest hits and the only one that this guy knows is Yeah. yeah and uh the catholic connection is Amen essentially means yes, or that you're affirming it. So like when you go and you receive uh, holy communion and this probably isn't, you shouldn't do this, but you're essentially saying the body of Christ and you're like, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then you get Jesus.
0: Uh, all the things popping into my head, I think are inappropriate. So I'm going to refrain, uh, moving,
1: but moving on the, then the yes.
0: Catholic, the Catholic connection actually is that, isn't it great? That one of the least important jobs in the, in the church, in the mass every Sunday, is performing at the halftime show for the Super Bowl?
1: Nice. Asha, Asha, Asha.
0: Little John. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I should have done that. They're totally there. Yes, the old
1: members from Knights of Columbus. Yeah, exactly. Shaking I, I, everyone's I, hand as they're trying to go to communion. That's great. Yep.
0: I have six words for you. The, the, or I, I have five. The sixth word was going to be Usher, and I was going to make some connection. I'm surprised you know who Usher is. You're I barely, barely, yes. <laughs> All right. I'm getting lost in where we are. So now you are muting your headphones, and I'm going to read
1: I one. am muted right now.
0: All right. The big game. The big game. Yes. Yes.
1: Come on. Yes. All right.
0: (laughs) You actually, before I do my Catholic connection, you actually have a story about this that we were just talking about a few weeks ago.
1: Oh, there's some rule that you're not supposed to use the word uh, Super Bowl in the context of sharing in certain media things. And the reason is, is Super Bowl has such brand equity that the NFL doesn't want other people. You know, the official Super Bowl podcast is not this. But if we said that, they'd come and give us a cease and desist order pretty quickly. So, yeah, it's weird legal jargon. So a lot of people just refer to it as the big game.
0: Yeah, it's really stupid. (laughs) And like the story you were telling me is that you uh, you used to host a podcast and your co-host would just refuse to call it the Super Bowl because he thought he was going to get sued. I'm like... The NFL doesn't care about your seventeen listeners. It really doesn't. It does. Like you can say the Super Bowl. I can say the Super Bowl. No one cares, right? Uh, and and it's a very stupid rule. Like the, all the Super Bowl ha- commercials, we literally call them Super Bowl commercials. They have to call them. The companies have to call them the Big Game commercials because otherwise Kellogg's will get sued by the NFL. It's really really stupid. Everyone else, like knows that it's called the Super Bowl. We're all laughing at the NFL for like. You know, like we understand you don't want there to be another gang called the Super Bowl. But when you're talking about your thing, we're literally promoting your thing. Shut up. That's it. Makes it. Me so, it makes me so mad. Yeah. So um, our Catholic connection here is a little spicy. The Catholic Church, the USCCB, owns the copyright to the catechism and to the uh, Bible. You know what, guys? Disney, who owns Mickey, just lost the copyright to Mickey because it's been too many years since Mickey was made, uh, was created. And it became public domain just a few weeks ago, and everybody's doing whatever the heck that they want with Mickey. You know how long First Chronicles has been a book? You don't own it, USCCB. Stop giving freaking cease and desist letters to Catholic churches, to Catholic authors, to Catholic speakers. It's stupid. If you want to. Uh, copyright your stupid documents that nobody reads go ahead you didn't write the bible god did stop it
1: i just want to say for the usccb ninjas out there that are going to come hunt us down um this was taylor saying it not me please Bartlett leave, my my <laughs> leave
0: my family alone it's so dumb first chronicles was written uh, approximately three thousand to four thousand years ago you to it you don't even know the guy who wrote it down it's stupid it's so dumb yeah. and we're yeah, yeah. promoting your thing
1: <laughs> and, if, and if everyone was talking about the bible and things like that that'd be a great the, thing the big so. the big book <laughs> it's the
0: big book chris we're gonna get in trouble <laughs>
1: i love it the big book Good. It'd be
0: very funny if i don't get in trouble but you get in trouble for calling it the bible <laughs> all, right. all right i think
1: it's my turn you ready
0: it is yeah this is gonna be uh Either our second to last or last one here. All right. All right. Hold on. I am muting now. Tailgating. Tailgating. Excelsior. Tailgating. Tailgate. Tailgate. Yes. Tailgating. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Uh, if if I I wish I wouldn't have got it that soon because you're about to jump through that table like the Buffalo Bills fans
1: do. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, yeah, yeah. So tailgating, it's before a game. You get out there, you cook some hot, burger, hot burgers and hand dogs, hamburgers and hot dogs. And I hope uh, you know, hot burgers, otherwise you're going to get sick. <laughs> but but you get you get fired up for the big game, right? It's something you do before to prepare for the event. And uh, I really feel like as Catholics, uh, at least for me personally, that's growth area. Most of the time, it's trying to get the kids dressed and ready. That's my version of tailgating. And then on the drive to the parish, I'm like, let's say Hail Mary that we might be able to focus during the liturgy, and that's it. But like, if you go ahead and open up the big book, <laughs> the good book, <laughs> and uh, and read the Gospels, Uh, beforehand or the readings beforehand um, that's a great way to tailgate to really help the liturgy come to life in a new way
0: uh you heard it here first chris bartlett says that you should uh, pound two bud lights before going to mass
1: (laughs) so long as it's an hour before reception of holy communion yeah um, which
0: is like 20 minutes before you get there
1: (laughs) and and it's got to be one of those uh, beers made by monks like a saint saint Augustine brew or something like that. So, that- uh,
0: they're going to come sue you now. You mentioned their product in positive light. They're going to sue you. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. All right. One more each. You're going to mute for one last time.
1: All right. I am now officially muted. Okay. Halftime show. Halftime show.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very good. It's a big performance that elongates the Super Bowl by quite a bit right in the middle of the game. Uh, most people don't know that it's a way longer. Break like the teams are off the field for thirty minutes, which is way longer than they are right. in, a, in a normal game. Uh, so, big performance that el- elongates the Super Bowl quite a bit. It's just like the offertory hymn. Perfect time to check your phone, go get a drink. The old people get mad at the music. It's literally the same thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, that is that is where we shift from uh, from our, our children being able to draw and color in their notebooks to they really have to sit still and focus because um distracting others during the liturgy of the eucharist as opposed to engaging them with a picture that they can color in that connects to the gospel most homilies don't reach my five-year-old i'm just gonna say it you know and that's okay so yeah halftime show they recognize that the passing of the basket it's time to put their crayons away so there you go I
0: just put the crayons in the basket <laughs> that we did sometimes reading. draw a
1: picture and give it to father and they would put it in the basket
0: see we our 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 pastor is very nice. He he actually invites the kids up and he gives he takes their little uh, coloring sheet and gives them a hug. It's very nice, and it's also kind of t- like we do it after the offertory, so it's like it is kind of that like, hey, this is time to pay attention now, which is very funny and it drives me nuts because it's like, yeah, we don't care about the Bible stuff, we just want the Eucharist, which drives me crazy about how Catholics do mass, but I guess it's fine with little kids.
1: <laughs> so this one I'm going to share with you. Um, is going to be shared in in two different ways. It means the same thing, but I'm going to indicate one or two in the way that it's articulated.
0: Okay, very complicated at the end of this game. I am muted now.
1: MVP. Most valuable player. Yeah,
0: MVP, most valuable player. I got it. Unless you're doing the stupid commercial of uh, most valuable bundler, which is what Patrick Mahomes is for State Farm.
1: (laughs) Good. Okay, you got it. Come on back if you haven't already.
0: Oh yeah. I'm I'm here. I, I, I was very confident in my answer. You gave me two options. I was like, I got both of them. <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 You nailed it. So MVP. Yeah. Obviously most valuable player. If the chiefs win, I have a feeling it's going to be, uh, uh Travis Swift. or, uh, oh. Mahomes, <laughs> right. Um, it should be Taylor Swift, obviously. Um, and, uh, and so in the mass, I think that the Eucharist is the most valuable player. I think there's a lot of people that, uh, that stick around. And even those that leave after communion, they recognize they got to stick around at least until they get to receive Jesus and different things like that. He is the linchpin to make, uh, make liturgy successful. So there you go. MVP JC. I may sprinkle a little bit of money on,
0: on, uh, our good friend Patrick Mahomes for MVP. I, I uh, he's probably at minus minus money at this point. Cause I, I would imagine he's the favorite, but, uh, yeah, I've got, I've got my money to spread elsewhere. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's a two-point uh, favor for San Francisco, right? The 49ers are favored by just a couple of points.
0: It is. And uh, what's really interesting, like my betting podcast I listen to, these professional gamblers that I listen to all throughout the season, uh, they usually have two podcasts a week for all of the Sunday games. So like, you know, on, a, on any given Sunday, there's, what, 16 games? 15 sure. games, something like that. But uh, now there are two weeks between, you know, the – AFC and AFC NFC championships in the Super Bowl. So now I'm getting two to three podcasts each week over two on weeks. One so game. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be on one game. So I'm I'm I've feeling incredibly prepared. I'm doing some stuff I've never done before gambling wise. Uh, but uh, hopefully I'm in a good mood next week. <laughs> We'll find out. <laughs> Stick yeah, around. It makes, exactly. All right. This is fun. I I had a good time. Uh, we'll see if the listeners liked it this time, or if they're just gonna, uh, you know, be a thousand people staring at me blankly <laughs> again. <So. laughs> you did very good. Congratulations. You did it.
1: I I was shocked at how uh, how challenging it is when you're muted. You look like a muppet. I mean, you just kind of got that beautiful beard that kind of covers your mouth, and you look like a muppet. And then to be able to get one or two words out of it. Amazing! I felt like you were able to figure it out a lot better, which I think makes me a better word giver. I'm more articulate with my lips and things like that, obviously. So again, you're number two. It's a good job.
0: Well, very good. Thank you. All right, don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're going to do something very serious. We're going to talk about a talk that everyone's been talking about that I just watched yesterday because Chris made me. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. If you'd like to stay connected with us throughout the week, you can do so on social media. We love interacting with you guys uh, when, when you guys leave comments on, on some of our posts, when you send us some DMs. And also we're sharing some funny memes and stuff, especially over on Instagram at Taylor Schroll. Uh, also on Twitter at Taylor Schroll and at Forte Catholic on linkedin if you're one of those fancy business people at forte catholic on twitter and facebook as well we're also over on tiktok at taylor stroll you know that's allison sullivan's land she reigns supreme there but we're also posting things uh we just love to get to know you guys so uh comment follow us comment on some of our videos we'd love to to meet you and, all right enjoy the rest of the show Welcome back to Forty Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll, and that is number six in my book, Christopher Bartlett. So uh, you made me do show prep for today's show, uh, and I actually, its a you made me do show prep, but at the same time, you also opened my world in ways that I never thought could happen. A whole new world. Don't you dare close your eyes. Yeah. So I opened my eyes yesterday for about 30 minutes to watch a talk that I thought was behind a paywall. Everyone's been talking about this Monsignor Shea uh, talk from Focus, the conference, about a month ago. You know, it's right around the new year. And it swept the, the nation. It was all over. Like, everybody at my parish is talking about it. Everybody online is talking about it. And I'm like, I refuse to pay money to see this because uh, all these talks were behind a paywall. But you kindly informed me that there are a few talks that the only price of admission is to uh, give focus all of your information, including, like, your firstborn and your uh, social security number. Uh, but, you know, then once you give them that, you can watch, like, four of the talks. And one of them was this Monsignor Shea talk that uh, people people have been saying, is the best talk given in the Catholic world in many, many years. Uh, I have thoughts on it, but uh, you brought it up. You made me watch this. Uh, Let's get initial thoughts from you.
1: Yeah. So first of all, it took place at at the SEEK conference, uh, which is a focus, Fellowship of Catholic University students. They do a gathering annually um, right around the start of the year. And so I got to go out and exhibit. We uh, were recruiting some missionaries and doing some networking out there for Ablaze Ministries, uh, which I'm the vice president of. And we went to this talk and it was the the evening session. And so we're in an arena with 18,000 college students. And uh, that's one thing that the the video doesn't seem to capture is just the way that he had everyone in the palm of his hand as he went through and shared this beautiful message, this gospel message and, and things of that nature. But the thing that was, in my opinion, the most compelling or the most um, jaw-dropping was when he started talking about uh, Generation Z, the generation that most of these college students are. Now, Monsignor Shea is the president of the University of Mary out in Bismarck, and so He's like, often I'm asked about how this generation struggles with loneliness and anxiety, high levels of anxiety more than any generation before them, and what my thoughts are in regards to it since most of my students fall into that category. He goes, normally I give a good answer, like we should uh, uh, reflect on the impact of social media and screen time on, on the human person, or we need to have better access to mental health resources. He goes, but sometimes I just want to tell them maybe we should just listen to them. Maybe anxiety and loneliness are the result of growing up in a godless society of a world that tolerates everything, but forgives nothing or permits everything, but forgives nothing. Like maybe we should be listening to a generation that's actually crying out for a savior and maybe we should introduce them to a savior. And then he goes on to talk about the whole salvation history story and how Jesus is the savior that wants to come in that even though you're. Your loneliness or your anxiety can go deep into your soul. God still goes deeper into your soul. And uh, it was this huge affirmation of like, maybe you're not crazy. Maybe these feelings uh, that our generation is like, you should be dismissing those feelings or you should be taking care of those feelings in this way or oh, medication not in or your all generation. these things.
0: You could have been my youth minister.
1: I Yes, I could have been. And I would have been fabulous, just fabulous. So that moment was just an affirmation of like, that. those college students felt seen, heard, and known. And then he led him into a relationship with Christ from there. I thought it was spectacular. And it's uh, it, in, a, in a large way has changed a little bit about my approach to young people, because some of the different ways that they are acting out is actually them crying out for a savior. And we just happen to know one. So let's do it.
0: Yeah, I have to say just initial impressions. I have some notes. You Actually, I already covered a lot of my notes because obviously we watched the same talk. But um, I have mixed feelings about this talk. Let's hear him. uh uh i I'm wondering if i I would imagine I'm actually pretty certain that uh our experiences of that talk were incredibly different. You were there right it was happening live, and you were in the room with eighteen thousand college students. I was here by myself sitting on my couch watching it on the same screen that i'm watching you know watching you on right now and it had been talked up so much. It's almost like we've talked about this in regards to movies and TV shows. If it's over, if it's so hyped, you go in prepared to hear the best thing ever, and then when it's like, I, th- I think the talk was was good, but because I was expecting for my life to be changed by this talk, uh, it was okay. You, you didn't so, cry
1: during the talk, and that was a letdown from the expectations that were created. Right. right. Yeah. yeah.
0: The, the expectations were created, so that has nothing to do with him or his or the talk really, it's more about, I think, my experience being very different. But also, and this this is the challenge for me. The challenge for me, there's two primary things that he does that like you and I have given the Kerygma talk a, a, a thousand times. That's sure. essentially what he's doing is yep. the, the Kerygma talk. And it is not how I have ever thought to do the Kerygma talk and not close to how I've ever given the Kerygma talk for two primary reasons. One that I, like, intellectually disagree with and one that I um, emotionally disagree with. But there's this conflict within me that this talk is resonating with so many people. So it's, it's, challenging. it's challenging how I think about the Kerygma and ch- challenging how I think about presenting the Kerygma for two primary reasons. One, uh, I once gave a Kerygma talk at your parish. Uh, whenever you were the youth minister and that was the most complimentary of me you've ever been. I got you, you thought it went really well. It was different than what you thought, uh, which I, I I like to do. I like to do it in a way that is kind of new and fresh. So I I use salvation history a lot. It was very
1: biblically based. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was Um, excellent.
0: But what he does is so in this talk, he talks about, um, essentially it's all the bad news for a very long time, those are the two things he talks about. The bad news for a very long time. That's the first thing that I like emotionally disagree with. Uh, he doesn't talk about the good news until 25 minutes in, and it's a 30 minute talk. Right. So emotionally, I was like, this is actually kind of depressing because, like, it's connecting because all this anxiety. Like I've been talking about how anxiety and depression came into my life really for the first time in 2020, and it hasn't really gone away. Like it's not as bad as it was in 2020, but it still creeps into my life. So it's like he's I, like I felt connected to. But I felt like it was like kind of doom and gloomy until the last five minutes. And the last five minutes are just incredible. It's one of the best. Like, he completely switches who he is. He completely switches who he is. Like, the first 25 minutes, to me, like, literally, it felt like a TED Talk. TED Talks are always talking about a problem, and they give a five-minute solution at the end. And that's kind of what this talk felt like. And he's not as dynamic as, like, I'm. again, I'm comparing it to how I do the Kramer talk. He's not as, like, dynamic as me. Uh, he, he, doesn't like, he's, he was very monotone
1: for most of the first 25 minutes, even his and body language, even his body language was so
0: muted, like so, so, so muted. Right.
1: Yeah. The last five minutes
0: he had more energy than I typically do in my charisma talk. So it was this weird dichotomy of like, I have more dynamics throughout. He was so muted the first five minutes and then or 25 minutes. And then so, so, so animated and so hope filled for the last five but it still felt weird to me. I have, I have more thoughts, but I'm going to let you kind of respond to, to
1: Sure, that. yeah. So I, I, I think that his style, the, the thing I appreciated about his style is it was very intellectual, but at the same time, very accessible. So he unpacked some really deep theological realities, like the, the angels being swept from the sky and different things like that, Like and the devil pursuing on an individual level, each and every person, which does sound very doom and gloom. Um, but then I felt like he delivered on the resolution. And acknowledge that tomorrow night's speaker is going to unpack what it means to have life in Christ a little bit more, sure. and that was Father yeah, Mike yeah. Schmitz and things like that. So um, he he was uh, he was part of a bigger a bigger dialogue, and he I think played his part very well. But but you're right; I was shocked that uh, he did not move around the stage a lot. He did not have big arm motions or anything like that. And even when he exploded, like boom, those last five minutes, it wasn't it wasn't so much dynamic. It was just compared to the previous twenty-five minutes. Now his by, and I have to think because I I think that from some of the writings that I've read of his, I think that was intentional. I think that he was very very much in control of how he was delivering the message and different things like that, so that it felt like um, the finale of a fireworks show. Yeah. Going yeah, and it, it and it was. I mean, so I was I was impressed for some of the different reasons that you were like. Unimpressed. I, I recognize that that five minutes at the end was actually the trailer for father Mike's talk the next night.
0: Yeah. And I, that was the other part too, that like, I, you know, I, I'm like, literally I'm watching the talk and then kind of watching myself, watch the talk, you know, like uh-huh. I, 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 I I could put myself out of it and be like, okay, like father Mike's coming tomorrow. But at the same time, I don't know, man, like I felt pretty sad and kind of discouraged throughout a lot of the talk because like, Which is kind of what he was trying to do, right? Like it was, it was pretty much like, hey, what, what if you're anxious for a reason because the devil's out there roaring like a lion? And like I've dealt with that a lot in my life of kind of feeling despair, like the devil's going to win, right? So to sit through 25 minutes of it was actually kind of difficult for me. The other thing was just very interesting is like when I do this like biblical, like salvation history, kerygma talk, I either because of time kind of gloss over the before creation of man. Like the angels and the the demons and the the angels becoming Satan and all and all this kind of stuff, right? I either kind of gloss over it or just skip it entirely. If somebody's like, "Hey, can you do a Kregg talk in fifteen minutes?" Like, I'm going to focus on people, like because the realities of
1: sin, the implications of those right. other pieces, right? Of course,
0: right. So, uh, just like intellectually, it was that that was like my intellectual challenge of like not saying he's wrong, but like it was kind of a challenge to how I do things of just like one. Like there's a reason I haven't done it this many years, but then two, again, this is connecting with so many people. So maybe I've been doing it wrong this whole time, but it does feel strange to me in a, in a 25 minute talk to focus so much on pre-humanity when we're talking about the human condition and how Jesus saves us from that human condition.
1: So the shiny, happy people, Jesus, which is often the prosperity gospel that gets proclaimed uh, largely ignores the, uh, the reality of evil, sin, death, and hell. Right. Like I think those realities are sometimes underplayed. And so I think he leaned into that as a response to the culture at large that a lot of these college students were coming from. Right. So if you, if you have, you know, a nice job, a good car, maybe a Tesla because it's environmentally conscious and different things like that, then you can just kind of drink on the weekends to hide or mask all the other issues that you have. And Monsignor Shea wanted to be like, no, it's actually a lot more complicated and messy. And this is what the mess looks like because there's someone chasing after you and the things that are disrupted in your life are done. So with intention, with intent and on purpose, like, I I just think that he showcases, he showcased a side of the gospel that oftentimes gets ignored because it's harder to hear. And so the fact that his talk was hard to hear, particularly in the first 25 minutes, I think is, is something we need to, we need to wrestle with more as a, as a people. Um, and I'm I'm going to go deep real quick here, but I went to a, a funeral recently of a, a a teen that I was the youth minister of. He he was 28 when he overdosed, and he overdosed on drugs. And at the rosary, the deacon that was leading it is like, and so we pray for this young man because he lost his battle to the demons of addiction. And they acknowledged it. Because I've been to other ones where someone has died from that, and they're like, he was such a good kid, and everything was awesome, and it's so sad that he died so early. But they don't acknowledge the fact. But this kid was in and out of rehab. Like, he fought his addiction. He fought and wrestled, and he ultimately lost on this side of heaven. But we believe that through prayer, he can win and be free from addiction in heaven. And uh, and uh, I appreciated that, but I didn't expect it. And the fact that we are sometimes afraid to talk about the messy reality of what it means to be pursued by the enemy, I think is something that we might want to be able to talk about a little bit more. And certainly at a college level, they can handle it.
0: Yeah. Um, so it, it, was, it was a ch- challenging talk for me to hear, uh, for yeah. better or worse, right? And uh, the, some of the parts from the hopeful part that really stuck out to me were, um, you mentioned a, a couple of them already, but I literally wrote it down. At the 23 minute and, and six second mark is when the butt comes. But what if we're not irredeemably broken? Like he talks about our brokenness and how we're pursued by the devil and how we're, you know, he, like I love how he acknowledges. He's like, maybe you had sex with your girlfriend last night in in the in the hotel. Maybe maybe you you uh, threw away your drugs uh, Thursday before you came to the conference. Like he's, I love that real, that yeah. very real uh, part. Um, but he says, what if you're not irredeemably broken? And I was like, man, that that hit me after because I was kind of like wallowing, right? Like I was hearing all this stuff and connecting with it quite a bit, and I'm like. I feel broken and weak. That, that's how I felt watching watching the talk. I feel broken, weak, and, and pursued, and losing. Like, that's how, that's how I felt watching the right. talk. He says, what if you're not irredeemably broken? Because it's like, I know I'm broken, but I think it's the irredeemably part that, like, really stuck out to me. He said, chains can be broken. Tyranny can be overthrown. Jesus tricked the devil into killing him. His dynamics just completely changed at this point and his his final message wasn't that like Jesus won, and we're, we're all winners. it was just his message was, if we don't give up, we always win, yeah if we don't give up, if we keep trying to fight, if we keep trying to bat to battle, that's how we don't lose and so like it was this like I feel good about it now because I heard the last five minutes, but the first twenty three minutes and five seconds were just very difficult for me,
1: yeah, yeah well, um, I just want to plug it. You can go to seekreplay.com and you can uh Give them your email address, your mom's maiden name, and your social last four digits, right. and yeah, you'll yeah. be able to. Uh, <laughs> you'll be able to view uh, Monsignor Shea's talk, which uh, it, it, it was at least worthy of an exploration. Is is that fair? Are you glad you oh, spent yeah, the thirty yeah, yeah. minutes?
0: It, it is. It is. Had my wheels turning since I watched it yesterday. I think it's incredibly impactful i'm glad other people have really enjoyed it i just think for me and kind of like what i struggle with it was kind of difficult to hear yeah but that difficult and kind of challenging thing can be can be good too so like like the the way that everybody's talking about it i think they're remembering the last five minutes but i just had never heard anybody talk about the first 23 like the beginning of the talk like the heavy like, it's super it's super depressing yeah <laughs> you know yeah um so i don't know it was very interesting i'm intrigued by it i was challenged by it um and I'm glad we got to talk about it. Thanks for making me do homework.
1: All right, Taylor. Thanks for doing it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one final thing. This connects to something that we said earlier. Um, he's, when he when he gets to Adam and Eve, that's typically where I start. You know, and he's you know this was 20 minutes in where he starts. Talking right, about right, 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 right. Yeah. People were created. It's one of those things that I heard before, but I think because it was just this interesting place of like I knew we were talking about this today. You and I, I, I mentioned it earlier in the show, like you and I talking things out while we were at the retreat was just really helpful for me. And he talks about Adam and Eve that immediately they hid parts of themselves from one another. And the way that he worded that, it's like, you know, we always think about their nakedness, but I was like, man, I hide parts of myself from people all the time. Right, so the way that he worded it made me think about it not just in like physical nakedness, but like hiding parts of one another from themselves. We we do this often with people around us because of our sin. Like we feel the shame, or we feel like uh, ashamed of of uh, not just nakedness, but like of our of our sin, of how we think, of you know thoughts that pop in our head or whatever. Uh, and but it's so helpful to talk those things out. Like Jesus came. Or God, you know, God came to walk walk amongst them, was looking for them, was looking for a relationship, and they were hiding from one another. So it was just a, it was kind of an affirmation in the midst of the sadness of like, hey, this was actually really good that we got to talk things out, like with, with you talking things out with my wife. Like it was just a really kind of helpful um, framing to a story that I've heard a thousand times, but I'd never really thought about it that way.
1: So. Yeah, in so many ways, vulnerability and humility are pathways to healing. Like, and and that that is where you stop hiding things both from others. Also from God, but also from yourself. Like oftentimes, when we bury things, we try and bury them from ourselves as well. And uh, yeah, that type of introspection is powerful.
0: Yeah, very much. All right. Well, thanks, Chris. This is uh, thanks for making me watch it. This was a great episode. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad that we got to do it. Uh, I'm I'm hoping to to move out of number two status here sometime soon. I'm hoping that uh, you know uh, having you on my very successful podcast uh, will uh, uh, butt me over some of those people.
1: Hey, friends, if you want a great, great parish mission, reach out to me and I may bring Taylor along with me.
0: (laughs) I don't like you. That's the end of our show. I'm Taylor Schroll. I'll be back next week. That's Chris Bartlett. He'll be back the next time he invites me to an event. (laughs) Amen. Thank you guys for watching and listening today. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as Chris and I did recording it. We really enjoyed the game. We had a blast. I think we actually did pretty good. Uh, And I really enjoyed, especially that last conversation that we had, diving deep into Monsignor Shea's talk. I hope that you guys enjoyed that conversation. If you did, please subscribe wherever you are watching or listening, and we'll be back next week. Love you.